This is the Physical Activity Researcher Podcast, a podcast for researchers of sedentary behavior, physical activity, and sports. Join for a relaxed dialogue about research design, practicalities, and, well, anything related to research. Learn from your fellow researchers useful and relevant information that does not fit into formal content and limited space of scientific publications. And here is your host, researcher and entrepreneur, Ollie Tikkanen. Yeah, sounds 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 really interesting. I'm I'm looking at my notes and they are total mess as I've been writing a lot, a lot of things. There's there's so much interesting points points here. Do do you have some some interesting points you want to still want to add in this intradaily stability, intradaily variability? I think just that it is I think it's an interesting metric looking at people's health that's fairly easy to calculate using data that's fairly easy to collect. So the data, if, if you go ahead and just say that, all right, what we're looking at is active versus rest, and we let go of the idea that we can absolutely measure sleep, you can still get interesting information from it. And it's data that you can get from an actigraph. I mean, so many people wear devices that can measure their activity. So that's data that already exists for people. Um, there are bed mats that you can put under the mattress to measure when people are asleep. But it's data that's fairly easy to collect over long periods of time without really asking a lot of the person you're collecting the data from because it's unobtrusive. So I think I think it's an interesting metric should be kind of standardized in the data that we're collecting uh, about people's activity cycles. Mm. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. And we actually, we, we got a grant to measure. We are measuring with the Taiwan accelerometer that can measure when the person is sitting, standing, walking, uh, cycling, and different, different activities. And then we will be using bed sensor to measure their sleep quite nicely. Do you have some ideas how should we analyze the data that we get pretty good data for probably three months from persons that we get the sleep, we get the activity and different levels of resting and being being active. With your astrophysics background and looking at the different things, surface, surface and, and so on, do, do you have some ideas what could be interesting to look from, from this data? I think when working with a large data set like that is, I think it's really useful to pause for a moment and ask ask yourself, what questions am I asking of this data? And I am completely guilty of this. It's very easy to take a large and interesting data set and go down a rabbit hole of just coming up with different analyses that you can do just because you can do them. But I think in terms of really pushing your science forward and keeping it focused, it's not a bad idea to, to stop and ask yourself first, like, what questions do I want to ask of this study? And second, make sure that your data can actually answer those questions. Sit and think about, well, what, what are the shortcomings of my data? So if you have, so you have a group of people you're, stu- you're following for three months, they're, they're definitely all kinds. One thing that I would fold into that data is looking at weather data and looking at 
the length of the day because that's easily obtainable information. And just you could just see how how is that affecting people? How is you know the the number of sunlight hours that they could potentially be exposed to? How is that affecting things? Um, so that's that's one data source that would be easy to take a look at. Um, and and also things like looking looking for patterns. So one thing I looked at in in our data sets were what is the effect of a bad night of sleep? So with your data set, you can tell if somebody's having a night where you can tell they're up and wandering around and they're not in bed, how long does it take them to get back into a good sleep cycle after that? So thing, things like that is looking at looking for patterns at different scales. So you could look at patterns over weeks, over months. How do the change of the seasons affect people's sleep and activity patterns? But you can also look short ter- shorter term. What's the effect of a bad night of sleep? What's the effect of a good night of sleep? You know, the, you can look for those relationships. Yeah, so, sounds, sounds really interesting. And we actually have another project, which is people working in a super stressful work and and they are working three days in a row, 12 hours shifts, and then they have four days of rest and then again three days and they work from seven in the morning until seven in the evening. And yeah, they, they have... They have problems with physical health and, and mental health. Um, how, how do you see these findings that you have found from the variation that it's a shift work, you work three days very hard, and then you rest four days? Do you have any any ideas how they could improve their health with with this in this kind of setup? I would one thing that might be interesting to look at would be that that recovery time, looking at their the intradaily stability, intradaily variability. So during their shift work, that's going to be very regimented because they're they have an external schedule imposed upon them. So their their interdaily stability is going to look very this very much the same. Their days are going to look the same. They might have more fragmentation and see what their nights look like. And then it would be interesting to see how long does it take them to recover? I imagine that they'll have these three night, three days of intense work. They'll probably have one day of rest. Um, and then how long does it take? How long is that disruption? Because one thing that could happen is you have your intense work, a day of rest. The next day, perhaps you're more sleepless because you've your sleep schedule's been disrupted, and then you have ripple effects from that. Um, because it, it might tell you how best to treat that fourth day. What is the best sleep schedule to have for yourself on that fourth day to recover as quickly as possible from the three days of intense work? Do you sleep as much as possible? Do you try and maintain the same sleep hours? What's the best strategy there? Hmm. Would you visualize it with the cushion in a way that you could show that these are the working days and then it goes different? And how, or how, how would you visualize it to really show that what's going on? So I, what I would do is for, I would, for each of your seven days, I would have, I would calculate both of these metrics, uh, intradaily stability, intradaily variability. They both produce a single number. So each 24 hour period, you have a single number. And I would graph that so that, and if you have three months worth of data, that's going to be 
a very nice graph, you should be able to see trends. And um, you sh- so if there is, you should be able, th- those three days where they're, they have this very strict schedule on them, those should really stick out. They're going to have a very high uh, interdaily stability because they really look like each other. Well, then, then what happens? And then the, the fragmentation what what happens there so that that's what i would do is i would calculate a single metric for every one of those for each day each 24 hour period and then plot it over time we should maybe collaborate yeah, on, the, on the project uh, and and maybe maybe one more question in in this way that i think many of our listeners are doing research on sedentary behavior sitting and and then activity and now they are more interested in sleep because it's a 24 hour cycle that our days are that if you sleep more it takes away from sedentary behavior or activity and vice versa so do you have any any ideas different ways of analyzing this that how do you divide the day in 24 hour parts what could be the interesting variables that you can get out what are the important metrics that could relate to our health or physiology. And these are th- things I know people are looking at, but it would be interesting to look at the relationship between when and ha- the the quality of sleep, how much sleep the person gets, the fragmentation in their sleep. And you could compare that against both how much activity and when that activity happens. I uh, We've all seen the advice, you know, don't do intense exercise before bed, that sort of thing. Well, how true is that? How how much effect does that actually have? So you you could quantify that, and that would work into the the circadian cycle research. How much effect not only does how much activity you have on your sleep patterns, but when is that activity? That might be interesting to look at. No, really good points. And I think we have discussed a little bit over one hour, so maybe good to start wrap up. Um, If we go back to your background with astrophysics, interest in music, what other sciences you would see that are beneficial to combine like interdisciplinary work that what kind of scientists should come to the research group of something else? How, how, how do you see this, that we would really get, get new ideas? Usually the innovations come from, from mixing of different backgrounds. What would be the good, good mix? I think it's always good to have a mathematician. Uh, I, I, again, I've, I just did a bachelor's degree in math, but um, I think the ideas mathematicians come up with are amazing. And uh, like you said, just just a wide variety. The the other knowledge that'd be great to have in this kind of research is people who study human behavior or sociologists, even historians. You know, talking about how people's life patterns have either changed or stayed the same over time. There's a lot of knowledge there that perhaps our field could take advantage of if there was more communication. Yeah, when, when I was doing my, my PhD, we had one article, a collaboration with the mathematicians, and it was very interesting. It was, it was super nice. There was a researcher, and she was so excited when we were analyzing the data in a new way. And I was like, oh, I, I wish I would be so excited of analyzing data. So, so greetings for Salome. <laughs> it was super, super nice. Yeah, this has been 
very interesting episode. I think I enjoy the most when we have persons like you that are combining different different fields. It's it's really refreshing to to discuss. Um, do you want to advertise anything? Are you looking for collaborators? Are you looking for some kind of data set that you'd like to analyze? Feel free to advertise anything. So we are, my group that I work with is the, the Sharp Lab at the Portland VA Hospital in Portland, Oregon. We are associated with Oregon Health and Science University and we're led by Dr. Miranda Lim. And we are always interested in collaborating with people about all aspects of sleep and how it affects life and health and people's happiness. Yeah, so, sounds good. So thank you, Christina. This was this was really interesting discussion. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us this week on Physical Activity Researcher Podcast. If you like the show, make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing or following the show on Twitter. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. If you found value in the show, we would really appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts or whichever app you use. Or if you would, in a real old school way, simply tell a friend about the show. It would be great help for us. We have a fantastic lineup of guests for forthcoming episodes, so be sure to tune in. Thank you all for your support and have a great day.